Why should you reach for Tony Pollard and Jameer Gibbs in your fantasy football drafts in 2023? It's time to break it down right here and right now as we begin another edition of Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinny Iron. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Hey, hey, I'm Michelle Majuk, researcher for NFL Network and fantasy analyst for NFL.com. All right, Michelle, we've uh, done a lot of uh, fun shows this week, including our look at the safest picks on the board, the most reliable kind of high floor fantasy performers. And we looked at the riskiest picks in the board. Now we're going to look at players that we just love and we're willing to take ahead of their consensus ranking, average draft position, just looking all across the board, not just at their position, but maybe taking them a little bit more aggressively than the market. So we're excited to break those down for you. We'll do this uh, like we did the previous shows here, looking at running backs, wide receivers, and quarterbacks and tight ends that you should be maybe picking a little bit earlier than they should be going in drafts. Well, we think they should be going earlier in drafts. So we'll break that down for you. This episode of Locked On Fantasy Football is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $5 and get 200 in bonus bets. So that's all you need. To put in $5, get that bet, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. And uh, checking them out now, uh, we have a week before the season, Michelle, so it's exciting to break things down. And today we've uh, picked guys that we're willing to bang the table for, guys that we will draft and uh, convince ourselves here that we want to take them earlier than the market. So let's start at running back. I mean, You've been uh, talking about Alexander Madison and Khalil Herbert plenty, but there's two other guys maybe earlier on the board that you're also looking to take maybe ahead of some uh, wide receivers that are going ahead. Yeah, I want to just start right at the top of the draft, and it's Bijan Robinson. It might be silly to say you're going to reach on him, but right now, I mean, he's I've been seeing him drop in the first round a bit, you know, go sixth, seventh, eighth. I'm saying if you're pick 101, I'm okay taking him right there. And at the latest, I'm taking him at 102. If Christian McCaffrey goes one, that's fine. But then I'm taking Robinson over any of the wide receivers. We have to talk about just how talented this running back is. I know everyone's like, oh, he's a rookie. But we have to understand, like, he's not just any old rookie. He's the first running back with a 99 next-gen stats production score since 2001. And if you just look at the score since 2015, these are the only guys that received over a 90, a 94 or above production score. It's Bijan Robinson, Melvin Gordon, Jonathan Taylor, Ezekiel Elliott, and Brees Hall. And he got a 99. And those are the only guys with 94 and above. And you're really just comparing him here to a Christian McCaffrey type where he can get it done on the ground and as a receiver, but at an elite level. And yeah. their combine comparisons are almost identical, which is crazy, except Robinson is, you know, a good 13 pounds heavier than McCaffrey was. And then I just pulled out this little stat, right? If you're just looking at power five players since 2000, there's only been two guys that have had 500 plus rush attempts 
50 plus receptions in college to average six yards or more on their rush attempts and average 12 or more on their receiving receptions. And it's B. John Robinson and Christian McCaffrey. Those are the only guys to do it. He's not just a regular rookie coming out of school. And when you're looking at what the running backs did last year with Desmond Ritter as a starter, so he started four games, weeks 15 through 18, the Falcons running backs averaged the third most fantasy points per game and half PPR among all teams running backs behind only the 49ers with CMC and uh, the Chiefs during that time. So I, I'm taking him at the 101. Do you think that's crazy, Vinny? I don't think it's crazy. I think we know that there's volatility. You never know among those top backs who's going to be the top finisher. We know that didn't happen exactly like we planned last year either with Jonathan Taylor. So things change very quickly in this league. And the big change is Bijan Robinson. I think the environment is perfect for him, right? I mean, this is already an elite rushing attack. They've got a very good offensive line. That's what they're going to do. It's also a high-volume rushing attack because they know they're elite. And this is Arthur Smith and the Derrick Henry comparisons have been made in terms of uh, the workload that B. John Robinson might get right away. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, uh, I think the only question is, Michelle, I think you look at him and Chris McCaffrey really as a collective group here running back at the top. Is there a reason that you would just not include Justin Jefferson in this group? I really want to grab the running back that can be the difference maker because those those fade away real fast, right? By the yeah. time you get to the end of the second round, those guys that you know are going to get the workload and just dominate, they're gone. So yeah. you can find really good wide receivers in the second, third, fourth round, or even, I mean, every year there's guys that break out. Like, how late was Christian Kirk going last year and he ended up being a really good wide receiver for you so you can find those guys late yeah that's really true to have one of these workhorse backs and also with Bijan Robinson you open yourself up to hey I can load my backfield with two really good guys at RB1 and RB2 I could go hero RB it gives you a lot of possibilities going forward in the draft and another guy you like is also going pretty high but I think he's slipping behind some more familiar names like I think we look at Saquon Barkley and Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb. Where would you uh, put Tony Pollard in that group, Michelle? And uh, are you taking him over those guys? Yeah, I'm happy to take Tony Pollard at the end of the first round if I'm sitting there. And this is where, like, Justin Jefferson would have to already be gone, right? Tyreek Hill gone. Those top, top wide receivers. But if I'm eyeing Tony Pollard or, like, Stephon Diggs or Nick Chubb or I still like Derrick Henry just a little bit more, but – at the end of the first round, I'm happy to reach for Tony Pollard, even though he's regularly going like middle of the second round. Uh, but I just think he has a, an opportunity to be the running back one this year. I mean, last year, Elliot Ezekiel Elliott annoyingly stole 248 touches from Pollard. Like we all thought that was ridiculous. Pollard was clearly the more efficient guy. But Pellet still put up the 12th most scrimmage yards among all running backs last season with that many touches stolen away from him. No running back averaged more than Pollard's 5.9 yards per touch last season, minimum 150 touches. And we get just if we get Pollard just 100 of those 248 vacated touches, I don't think that's that much to say. I think that's very realistic. That already projects him to have over 1,900 scrimmage yards. That already projects him to have... 319 fantasy points if you're going off of what how many fantasy points per touch he scored last year that would have put him as the running back one tied with Austin Eckler in half PPR last year so I I truly think he has that potential to be the running back one with a pretty high floor as well being the only running back in such a great Cowboys offense 
Yeah, I mean, I think this is how I would look at it. I am picking ninth in a 14-team league, which is more difficult here, but I'm seeing different mock drafts where actually Robinson is slipping. If Robinson slips somehow to nine, I'm grabbing him. I think yeah. we have a tendency to maybe draft Smash. quarterbacks earlier in this league, so that could come into play. Also, if you just look at the board, right, and start in Chris McCaffrey and Austin Eckler, then Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase – Travis Kelsey, you're getting close here to maybe B. John Robinson dra- dropping into a really good spot in the middle of the first round. So that's something you consider. So I think I definitely take B. John Robinson third among the running backs at worst. I know I won't have to worry about the decision because I think he might be the guy available. I don't need to worry about McCaffrey and Eckler. The other question is uh, Tony Pollard, where I would take him. I think I would take, I think maybe Nick Chubb ahead of Tony Pollard. That's the only guy, though. I wouldn't take Derrick Henry or Saquon Barkley in between him and Bijan. So I just like Nick Chubb and his situation. I know I can trust him here for the most part, even if he's not going to have high passing volume. So he's a guy in between, but I do agree with you that these two guys should be going ahead. And every time I see Barkley or Henry, or even some people are reaching on Josh Jacobs now, uh, no, I'm going in th- these two directions with uh, Robinson and Pollard, the upside all the way. Now, I have upside on uh, my list as well, Michelle, and I have the other rookie. I've talked about him earlier, Jameer Gibbs. And now I know everyone's looking at Dave Montgomery as a pretty good value later in the draft, but again, you drafted Jameer Gibbs very early. He's an explosive player. You have an elite running game as well. Talk about Atlanta having a great offensive line. Detroit has one as well. And this is what they want to do. They want to take pressure off Jared Goff. They need to throw to Jameer Gibbs early because you don't have Jameson Williams and Josh Reynolds, Khalif Raymond, some of these other guys after Emmanuel Ross St. Brown and Sam Laporta. So he's going to have to be involved in the passing game early. I think he's a very good explosive finisher in this offense. And I think that's maybe being forgotten. It's not David Montgomery is suddenly Jamal Williams. He's never been a big touchdown scorer. Where Gibbs, we know, can finish drives from his uh, – career at Alabama. So I really like Jameer Gibbs, just in a great situation. They Again, just follow the draft pick, where they took him, what the, what he means to this offense. I think he's going to have a big role right away. And I think look at that matchup against the Chiefs, I think he can have a big game because I think that's the only way they can stay in the game with him uh, with all purpose. So I love Jameer Gibbs right away there. And I'm going to target him maybe, maybe on that comeback, Michelle. I'm hoping for it. If uh, he slips a little bit, I'm looking at it if I get one of these other running backs. And then Javonta Williams, he's going a little bit lower. I don't get it right now why he's still a value because there's no real question about his health at this point, I don't think. I mean, there's Samaj P. Ryan as well. And it's Sean Payton. Like, he's going to get the best out of running backs here. I know he likes to use multiple backs, but he's had multiple backs go off in fantasy at the same time. And you look at his Broncos offense, they're going to have to run the ball. And you get – the Raiders match up right away to get going here. I think it's commanders in week two. So he's going to be off to a hot start here. And that's what you want sometimes as well. I know you're looking long-term, but Javonta Williams, again, should be drafted comfortably as an RB2. And I think you can reach a little bit for him ahead of uh, some of those uh, kind of uninspiring wide receivers that are in that same range. Yeah, I was so high on Gibbs to start the offseason. I think I'm getting the Lions helmets in my head, right? Like I'm a helmet scouting almost where I'm like, uh, how many times has the Lions running back let us down, right? It was on Johnson or it was Amir Abdullah or it was uh, DeAndre Swift, like all these guys that were super talented and they just always ruined them. It, it seems, seems like, but 
They drafted Jameer Gibbs so high. They seem to be all in on him. He should be so good this year, especially in half or full PPR. So I'm there with you. I'm willing to reach a little bit for him, but he does make me nervous. And then Javante Williams, with his cost right now, I think it's fine to reach on him. I just It's hard with him because he hasn't lived up to his expectations. So hopefully, and we're just putting so much on Sean Payton at this point to just fix the entire offense. But uh, yeah, I agree with you. Like if you're, if you know, you didn't grab running backs early and you really need to kind of shoot for a guy that can be an RB one, that's a good pick there at the end um, or in the middle of your drafts. Before we get into our favorite wide receivers to reach on in 2023 drafts, let's talk about FanDuel for a second here. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. That's absurd because NFL Sunday ticket is the best thing ever. And if you don't get to experience your Sundays watching the NFL Sunday ticket, I'm telling you, you are missing out. Uh, now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you could be on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. I feel like, Vinny, I've talked about my two wide receivers quite a bit this offseason. So I want you to hit on your wide receivers first, and then I'll quickly go through mine again at the end of yours. Yeah, I mixed it up a little bit. I have a guy that we haven't talked about as much in this mix. I have talked about this first guy quite a bit. It's Chris Olave of the Saints. I just like his role on this team and Derek Carr feeding him the ball, and he's going to feed the, him the ball often. He's just as talented as Garrett Wilson. He's just as in a favorable position as Garrett Wilson as being the go-to guy and then figuring out what's behind him with Michael Thomas. We'll see if he can hold up. You look at Juwan Johnson and some of the other weapons they have there. They're going to have to throw a ton to Chris Olave. All his metrics with air yards and all that were off the charts good last year. I don't know, again, Derek Carr is a major upgrade of Randy Dalton or James Winston, but I do like the fact that he's going to pepper him with targets. He's kind of a one guy throw too often. He's going to scheme himself open with his route running. So, and Derek Carr likes to throw only to open guys. So Chris Olave is going to find himself open uh, quite a bit on this offense. And I think he has to be incorporated in the short to intermediate passing game more when Alvin Kamara's out early in the season. So that's going to help him. Then great matchup in week one against the Titans to get off to a good start. I think this is important. I think it's a bit underrated when you have those guys that kind of build momentum in week one, they're going to play off that. But I like Chris Olave all the way all season long. It's a talent there is off the charts good. I think he's interchangeable with Garrett Wilson. I think they're equal in what they can do on the field. And I think Garrett Wilson obviously getting the hype because of Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. But Olave is still right there behind him. And if he's off the board, I might consider him uh, Olave after Wilson, maybe ahead of Devontae Adams. That's how high I am on this player here in 20. 23. Now, my other pick is Zay Flowers, and he's going way down there, wide receiver 40, 45, somewhere in that range. If I'm going to take a shot on one Ravens receiver, it's not going to be Rashad Bateman, not Odell Beckham Jr., certainly not Nelson Aguilar at this point, Michelle. So this is the guy. I just think he's going to be involved a lot in their offense. They used a first-round pick on him for a reason. 
we heard the GM, Eric DaCosta, complain about not having receivers, and Rashad Bateman took offense to that. Well, he's hurt, and he's not that good. So when you look at it overall, this is a complete receiver that is small. He's small, but it doesn't really matter. I think there's a favorable comparison to Tyler Lockett, that he could uh, be that type of player in this offense. And there's a lot of uh, concepts here that I like that they're going to scheme up with Zay Flowers. And uh, Todd Munkin had some time with the Bucks. I think there's a little bit of a smaller Chris Godwin in him as well. So I look at a lot of uh, parallels I like in Zay Flowers. And if I'm going for a Ravens pass catcher after Mark Andrews, he's clearly the one. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I'm not taking a shot on Odell Beckham Jr. Like, what is, what is his ceiling really at this point in his career, I, especially in this offense? Like, I don't, I don't see him doing very well. But Zay Flowers and his ability after the catch or his ability to get loose deep, that's the kind of guy I want to take the bet on. And I have been getting warmer and warmer on Zay Flowers as we get closer to our fantasy draft. So, he is a guy I'm eyeing. I'm not like needing to reach on him, maybe like other like you or other people that are super high on him, but I have warmed up to the idea of taking him later in my drafts. And then Chris Olave is, yeah, he's just one of those guys that has the same exact potential as Garrett Wilson, but not getting enough hype. Now, I'm still taking Garrett Wilson over Olave just yeah, because I think so. you, you have to. You, you have that Aaron Rodgers connection, and it's just like it, it's hard to skip out on that. But Aaron I think Rogers after is than Derek Carr, that's what yeah. Her- Yes, exactly. It's really hard to get too excited about any wide receiver, you know, getting targets from Derek Carr. But Devontae Adams did great last year with Derek Carr. And I think that's calmed my nerves a little bit, you know, about Alave. So, and once you get to that spot, I mean, after Alave, it's Devonta Smith, T. Higgins, Calvin Ridley. Like, that's a huge jump off. So, yeah, yeah. I want to make sure at the very least that I'm getting Alave if I miss out on all the other top guys. So, I think that's a fine reach there. And then my two guys, I've you definitely know I love them. It's Jahan Dotson, first off. And he he just needs to be on my team. So I'm reaching for him. Like, I I need to get him on my roster because I think he is the second year breakout. I think besides Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, who already broke out as rookies, I think he is the real deal second year breakout. Uh, so once he came back from his hamstring injury and he was fully healthy and actually, you know, playing a lot of snaps. He was averaging close to 70 receiving yards per game, had three receiving touchdowns over the last five games of the season from weeks 13 through 18. Uh, Dotson and McLaurin both recorded 70 plus receiving yards in three of their last four games. And it was Dotson who led the team with 26 targets with 16 receptions with 290 receiving yards. He led in all those categories from those last four weeks of the season when like, and that's pretty much that prime spot, right? For what rookie wide receivers to be breaking out. That's when it comes at the end of the year. So I love to see that. And when we're talking about this preseason, I mean, Sam Howell has clearly favored Jahan Dotson. So with uh, Sam Howell's targets this year, it's Jahan Dotson who's led in Sam Howell's targets with nine. No other player got more than five. And he, you know, he's gotten 106 of his yards as well. No other player had more than 48. So you see that connection already. And I'm just all in on going with Jahan Dotson as that second year breakout. And then also, I'm willing to reach on Gabe Davis, the Bills wide receiver. I mean, last year he was going so incredibly high that it was so risky. 
now he's going so stupid low just because of we all reached too high on him, right? And we're all overlooking that he was injured. He hurt his ankle, and clearly that messed with him. And But they're saying he's fully healthy this year. He's looking good. We're also overlooking Josh Allen's injury and how much that affected the entire team and everybody, you know, fantasy value went down at that point. And now he's being drafted. I mean, what, ninth? Ninth, tenth yeah. round. Like I'm willing to spend an eighth round pick on Gabe Davis and reach on him a bet when we know that he has that huge play ability. So when we're just looking at guys that have had a hundred plus receptions over the last three years, Gabe Davis has averaged the fifth most fantasy points per touch in half point PPR leagues or half point leagues, only behind Mike Evans, Jamar Chase, Devonte Adams, and Tyler Lockett, and it's right above AJ Brown. So. What he's done with his opportunities has been great. And he's the clear cut second target in this offense. I, I think he's going to have great opportunity this year. And you don't need him to perform like you were expecting last year. You just need him to be a, a good option to plug in when you have some bye weeks because you're taking him so late. So I really want Gabe Davis on my bench for depth at the wide receiver position this year. Yeah, those are good calls. And I think Jahan Dotson's price is actually slowly creeping up because of the turf toe injury to Terry McLaurin. It already looks questionable for week one. So maybe the discount isn't as great, but he's still worth uh, going after here. And I think I would take him, Michelle, over some second-year guys that we've talked about a little bit. I'd take him over Drake London. I'd take him over Christian Watson. I yeah, just yeah. think... Yeah, I just think it right now, like, I like his situation a lot. And I, I think the talent is there. I think he's a better overall receiver than Drake London. And I don't love London's situation with a shaky quarterback and a team that runs a lot, where I think the commanders are going to have to throw quite a bit with this offense just because their defense will be good at times, but I think it'll be up and down. And I think Sam Howell is – kind of the quarterback that's going to steer him that way. So I do like Jahan Dotson a lot. Gabe Davis, yeah, where he's going is really cheap. And I've gotten hotter on Gabe Davis here. I did have him on one team, and he actually finished, if you look at the average scoring, the way it broken out, he finished a wide receiver three, and that's kind of where I drafted him last year. So I'm not that disappointed in what he gave me because I didn't overhype him. I just took him right where I wanted him last year. And he was good as a wide receiver three. He had that one big game with the long touchdowns. So I think he can build on that a little bit more. And what's uh, driven more confidence here is Dalton Kincaid needs a little bit more time. Khalil Shakir has been a little bit disappointing here. They don't have a lot behind Stefan Diggs. So I think Gabe Davis has really bumped up for me as the kind of the offseason has gone on. So I really like those two calls here. And uh, really, I think any of these guys at different points in your draft are definitely worth being aggressive for. And I think – Again, good steals at wide receiver three that could actually end up as wide receiver twos for a team. Now, we each have a quarterback and tight end that we've uh, saved for the last segment here. Thanks again for uh, making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We'll wrap it up here with our last look before Labor Day. Then we'll turn our attention to week one, Michelle. It's exciting. And uh, give you some advice there. We're Locked On Fantasy Football. Your destination become the smartest fantasy football player in the league. We're part of Locked On Network, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day. All right, Michelle, we're up to the quarterback and tight end that we're willing to spend up to get here, reach for, so to speak. I don't like to use the word reach. I just think we're higher on these guys and we're going to be smarter than everyone else by going after these picks. So you got uh, two interesting picks. One guy you're going to have to invest a really high pick in. And the other guy, I'm not quite sure where he's going right now. So uh, tell us about your quarterback and tight end. Yeah, let's start with the quarterback here. It's Justin Fields. So 
I my issue this offseason is that I love two quarterbacks, right? It's Justin Fields and Justin Herbert. I think both are going to be great this year. But I do think Justin Fields is the safer pick with the same upside, right? He he does not have that potential to just fail, like kind of like Herbert did last year because of his rushing. I mean, there's only two quarterbacks that can put up 1,100 rushing yards or even 1,000 rushing yards in a season with ease, right? And it's Fields and it's Lamar Jackson. And if you were to tell us, I mean, the biggest thing with Lamar Jackson right now is we can't trust he'll stay healthy, right? Because he's missed five games each of the last two seasons. But anyone would be excited to have Lamar Jackson on their team if they knew he was going to stay healthy because when he's on the field, he's a fantastic fantasy score. Justin Fields is on that same level of rushing ability as Lamar, and it's only those two guys uh, as of right now. We'll see what Anthony Richardson can do in the year or in his uh, in his career, but the thing with Justin Fields is he's still going as like the quarterback five, quarterback six in this year's draft when he was the quarterback five last year with a super, super slow start. Weeks one through six only averaged 12 fantasy points per game. The rest of the season from week seven through 17 averaged 25 fantasy points per game. Only Hurts and Mahomes averaged more during that span. And when you're looking during that span, it was all really consistently high games. I mean, he scored over 20 fantasy points in six games during that span Mahomes had seven Hertz had eight those were the only guys with more and no one else had six with fields Burrow and Josh Allen were at five so what he was during doing during that time was special and it was a difference maker for your team And that's what you need if you're going to spend an early draft pick on quarterbacks but fields isn't going as early as Hertz and Mahomes and Allen right he's going a few rounds later He's actually going even later than Joe Burrow. I'm taking fields over Joe Burrow a hundred times over a hundred out of a hundred times, especially now that he has DJ Moore. I'm calling that third year breakout the same way Allen and Hertz did it. And if you had Allen or Hertz in their third year, you were thrilled in fantasy. So I'm willing to reach on him just a little bit. I don't think you have to reach too far, but you know, at the end of the fourth round, early fifth round, if you're sitting there and you're trying your eye on a quarterback, I think it's a great pick there. And Travis Kelsey sounds silly to say you're going to reach on Travis Kelsey, but let me explain. If CMC and Bijan Robinson are off the board and I am pick 103, I'm taking Travis Kelsey. If those two guys are off the board, I'm moving on to Travis Kelsey. Yes, I would even take him over Justin Jefferson because of the difference maker he is in your tight end spot. A, you know he's going to be the tight end one, right? He's a tight end one every single season since 2016, except for 2021. He was a tight end two by a little bit, right? But you know he's going to end at the top. He scored 100 more fantasy points than any other tight end last year, and only six tight ends scored 150 points. Like the difference between him and the tight end six last year was him and Tyler Higby. Like Tyler Higby was pretty much pointless most of the year, and he was a tight end six. And then you had Travis Kelsey just dominate. And you're playing basically a top-tier elite wide receiver in your tight end spot. He scored as many points as Stephon Dix. they nearly identical. I mean, 316.6, 316.3. You're getting to play Stephon Diggs in your tight end spot while everyone else has to play scrubs. I mean, everyone else is dying out there trying to find a, a viable tight end to plug in to just get them 10 points. Like, that's a great week for you if you could just find that. And you get to play Stephon freaking Diggs in your tight end spot. The, mm-hmm. the advantage you have there is insane. Any team I had Travis Kelsey in last year, it just won. Like, because you had – it didn't matter the rest of the team. You had such an advantage that – I'm, I'm taking them at the 103 if those two running backs are gone. That's how high I'm 
I'm high. Like that's how much I'm reaching for him. Like he's a first round pick anyways, but I'm just saying I'll take him over any wide receiver. Yeah, that's a good call because I've been looking at him as the fourth or fifth pick. So I do have Jefferson maybe a little bit ahead only because I think Jefferson is, we haven't seen like the ceiling ceiling year that he could really explode here in the past happy. You don't think we saw a ceiling year last year? No, I, I think the touchdowns are something okay. that we can see. That's the biggest thing with Jefferson that I still think. I do like Jefferson quite a bit, but I'm also a big fan of Jefferson. But I would take him as early as four, Kelsey. I think that's where I would uh, target him. I don't know if I would uh, put Bijan right there uh, with – maybe I would take him three, I guess, and put Bijan four behind uh, Kelsey. So I'm just as high on him as you are. I mean, I did draft him late last year. He was my – circled pick i said i was going to take him no matter what i took him i think it was a nine so i was a little bit ahead of people last year as well so i think i liked it and i i want some more travis kelsey if i'm in the right position to do it and of course he's not off the board which could have actually happened in a lot of leagues because we're giving this advice here so uh, that's you're gonna have to have a pretty high pick to get him but yeah i agree with you I think he just gets forgotten. Everyone that gets enamored with running backs and wide receivers, including Jamar Chase in the mix. I think I would take Kelsey over Jamar Chase. I think I'd take Kelsey over Austin Eckler at this point. So, yeah, maybe I do like him third, only behind McCaffrey and Jefferson versus McCaffrey and Robinson. So that's a little bit of difference there. We have a big uh, difference at uh, quarterback. I'll get into that first. I have uh, Trevor Lawrence, the same draft that they were picked in. I think I would draft Lawrence over Fields. And what? Wait, yes, no, you I would. would not. No, you here's would not. <laughs> I, I would think about it, and here's why. It depends on how it breaks down, and I think I can get Lawrence a little bit later than Fields, and I like it because there's a lot of potential for me to stack Lawrence with Calvin Ridley. I think it's set up there, teed up there, that I would go after. It's a lot easier for me to do that. And I also think Justin Fields, I don't think I can reach on him because I think – He's going to be very expensive. I know where he's going now, but I think I would consider it as a better value. Let's just say that. Like if Justin Fields came and dropped a little bit, I would think about it, but I would rather target Lawrence a round or two later than Fields two rounds earlier because I can load up my team. I don't think the difference is going to be as big. The biggest thing about Justin Fields that we still need to figure out is his passing and there's been mixed reports on that in terms of can he take that leap to support the running then you have to consider the durability issue right you look at his over under in uh, passing yards it's 2800 i'd like it a little bit higher than that to make me feel comfortable i know he's got the high rushing floor but what if he breaks down he runs too much or they say look khalil herbert's talented we want to give him the ball a little bit more and protect our qb and want him to evolve a little bit maybe trades out for the short pass game. Maybe they force him into being a passer. I don't think he's quite there with Jalen Hurts. Like, I think Jalen Hurts was, I think, a rare personality where he knew he was driven to be great. I don't know that with Justin Fields yet. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, obviously, has been around a lot of greatness. So I think the biggest key is Lawrence, can he run enough to make up for what Justin Fields has on the ground? because I know he's going to pass better than Justin Fields with the weapons he has. So it's close, but again, I, I like him because I don't have to reach as much to get him and feel very comfortable, but that's kind of my cutoff. If I can't get Justin Herbert, this is the guy I'm going off next. I would drop down to Kirk Cousins next, and that's probably where I'm looking at quarterback. And if not, I go all the way down to Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell, Jordan Love. So that's how I'm looking at it, quarterback this year. Now, my guy that I'm uh, – 
going after, it's a little bit thinking with uh, Travis Kelsey, but I want to not have that ability to invest too high. I think there's going to be some tight ends that can put up some big numbers this year. I think we look at Mark Andrews there. I don't know if the difference is going to be as much with Kelsey this year. He was the guy that you mentioned there. Kelsey finished behind in 2021. And then TJ Hawkinson is such a good spot. If you put together his numbers from last year, more than 80 receptions, he was getting close, pushing for a thousand receiving yards. And he had six touchdowns. And now he's in a situation where, there's no Adam Thielen, so they're going to have to throw to someone in the red zone a little bit more. And Jordan Addison still getting used to it here. Again, Justin Jefferson we talked about, but we know Hawkinson is kind of their two guy here. I mean, he's the guy that they're going to throw to next. So I really like Hawkinson. If I can't get Kelsey, I want to make sure I try to get Hawkinson. It's going to be hard to pull this off, Michelle. I'm trying to do all these things and get Calvin Ridley and Hawkinson. That's a decision I have to make in a lot of drafts. I think it really depends – if I get, say, if I get a Garrett Wilson early in my drafts or a Chris Olave, I'm less inclined to take Calvin Ridley, more inclined to take Hawkinson there with my, I guess you have to almost use the third round pick on him in a lot of leagues. So I'm willing to take him there with my third round pick if I'm okay with my picks at running back and wide receiver to open the draft. Yeah, I will say, I feel like Hawkinson's falling down board just a little bit lately. He was going super high earlier this summer if you're doing best ball drafts. But he's it's like the vibes from him coming out of camp are weird. I've been cooling off on TJ Hawkinson. I was super, super high on him, higher than I had him higher than Mark Andrews. I've switched that now. I have Mark Andrews higher than Hawkinson yeah. uh, for just my rankings. But like I don't know the vibes seem off like he hasn't been practicing a whole ton because the ear injury and then he wants a contract so I'm a little bit worried about that but if he's on the field playing he should be a great uh tight end option right so that all just comes down to all those situations if they can figure out as a team and with Lawrence I just I don't see the same path for him to be like I think the path for Justin Fields to be a top three quarterback is pretty clear right run a lot and you know get a little bit better from last year because he was already the quarterback five you just have to get a little bit better as a passer from last year score more touchdowns and like you could see that path there with Lawrence he has to score he has to throw 40 passing touchdowns to be a top three quarterback this year I think that's possible that's why it's definitely possible for sure especially with the weapons he has it just seems a little bit uh, more unrealistic right like the, the the path to get there just seems so much easier for fields and lawrence and that's why i would rather just reach on taking fields than settle for lawrence but i mean yeah if he ends up being who he was supposed to be coming out of the draft you're going to be thrilled but that's why that's why i'm just not as high on lawrence as you are this year yeah that, that's fair i mean it's going to be an interesting thing we're going to watch between those two quarterbacks obviously tied together a lot in the draft so that's going to be fun Clearly, we're not going to compare either to Zach Wilson going forward. So that's what we have here. So I'm really interested about that. I'm really interested to see how these reaches play out for us. But these are guys, again, that we've listed that you should definitely go after a little bit earlier than their ranking and ADP. So that's going to do it here. Uh, Locked on Fantasy Football, your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player in your league. For the show, this has been Vinny Iyer. And I'm Michelle Majuk. Bye, y'all.